Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Okay, Jameson Durr, big warm welcome to Headliner Radio. How are you doing? Oh, I'm great. Thank you for having me on the show. Oh, no problem. Um, so, yeah, I'd love to get into your musical story, but was music a big part of growing up? Um, yeah, it actually was. I had uh, parents that were musicians, so there was always music around the house, uh, being instruments and and always good music being played. Anything from, um, you know, um, mostly, uh, well, it's classic rock now, but I guess it was modern rock at the time. So lots of Beatles and Led Zeppelin and um, stuff like that from the day, mm-hmm. Rolling Stones. So I always had that in, in my life. Yeah, has that kind of been a constant? Like, is that reflected in your career now, those early, particularly the bands you mentioned? Is that, does that affect how you've chosen who you've worked, worked with? Um, I don't know if I've chosen them or if they've chosen me. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I mean, I gravitate more towards the um, the, the rock side of stuff. Um, so I think that's you know probably my upbringing. That's why I don't generally do like jazz or country or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm yeah, more drawn to the rock stuff. So that's, um, I've been very fortunate to work with a lot of those bands and some of the biggest names in the business doing that. So I'm very fortunate. Yeah. And so beyond listening to music as a, as a young man, did you, um, we, did you start off sort of playing and I'm assuming learning guitar perhaps before you got into. Yeah, I did. I, yeah. I did start off on, on guitar. Um, first, you know, played around with a little bit on keyboards and then the, the guitar really spoke to me. So started playing the, uh, electric guitar about 13 years old. Uh, and I was hooked at that point. So then I just started playing in bands and just kind of worked my way up there, playing with bigger bands, um, playing more shows. And then, uh, you know, a band eventually went into the recording studio and that's kind of where I really changed my focus and thought, you know, what's this thing, you know? So I, um, I got more into the, the recording thing, you know, after a, a couple albums that we recorded. Um, yeah. So was it through just being in that studio environment as a band member? Did you, were you sort of looking around the studio like, wow, that really piqued your interest in it? Yeah, exactly. That's what really did pique my interest. You know, when, when I saw the recording techniques and what you could do and the overdubs and different sounds you could use, it really opened my mind to kind of how that whole side of music production was done. Uh, so I just kind of ran with that. And I kind of looked around at like recording schools, um, but it seemed kind of cost prohibitive at the time as a young man. I didn't really have the, the wherewithal to do that. Uh, so then I ended up... Um, working in a, a music store, musical instruments. And, um, and then I started, uh, I met a, a local guy that had a recording studio there. This is all in a um, smaller town um, here in California where I, I grew up. Um, so I started interning for him and learning, learning about recording from that, just being kind of thrown into the fire, really. I mean, he showed me a few things, but then I just got thrown on recording sessions and just figured it out. Um, and then uh, after that, I decided that I probably kind of maxed out my career in that small town because he was like the biggest deal in the town and his studio was just at his home. Um, so then I moved to San Francisco and um, sought out other recording studios to to intern at there. And I found one called Coast Recorders and uh, just 
kind of that's where I kind of really got my start is that and and um got to experience working with really large bands in a big studio. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just find that really interesting. Like, it can go either way, can't it? Some people see that mixing desk and all the <laughs> maybe a lot of analog gear and they'll probably think, God, I'm just happy with my guitar. I don't want to mess around. Yeah. Well, I was still con- you were interested in that, obviously. In yeah. I was still it, playing. So. Yeah. Yeah. I was still playing in a band at that time when I did move to San Francisco. Um, um, but then I, I just kind of made the shift once I started kind of working more in the studio and getting paid for that. I decided to make the switch, even though I love playing music in bands. Um, it was just a little more lucrative in the studio. And I felt like I still was kind of playing in bands when I was in the studio, which was nice. So I got to, because I still play on some people's recordings, which is nice. I can, you know, if they want some guitar added or or any other uh, instruments, maybe a little bit of keyboards, or percussion or that. But it's also nice to play producer and and tell other great musicians kind of what to play, kind of come up with the ideas and, and they can execute it better. Yeah, so when you start... Um interning and working studios in San Francisco. What sort of year are we talking about? Was it quite an exciting time in that part of the world, in particular in San Francisco, to be? It was, time? yeah. It was actually kind of the beginning of the the dot-com era. So this was late 90s, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. So a lot of things were were happening. Um, so yeah, it was a good time. There was a lot of stuff happening on in the music business then. Um, there were still some budgets for recording and whatnot. So it was it was good to see some some uh some some of the bigger bands come in into the studio and, and work with them uh yeah it was it was definitely a, a a good time to be in a big studio which don't really exist anymore um in in san francisco but i just happened to um since then i, I moved on and then i opened my own recording studio in san francisco called wally's hideout and it's in a large studio complex called hyde street studios which is um, probably the oldest recording studio in San Francisco and maybe one of the last <laughs> at this point. Mm. And it's still going pretty strong. And it's, it's a three room facility and my partners and I run, run one of the, one of the studios there. Yeah. I'd love to ask, how do you find San Francisco as a sort of music city in general? Today? Obviously um, you've got, um, Los Angeles gets, you know, most of the music headlines, of course. Yeah. It's, I think it's such it, an amazing city, isn't it? I'd love to hear about the music side of it. Yeah, it was um it was a it was a close city to where I grew up from. So it was only about an hour and a half away. Um I grew up an hour and a half away from San Francisco. So um I would always as a kid I would always be with my friends, we'd go into San Francisco and see bands play. Um and so I just kind of got drawn to the the scene there. And there was a um there was kind of an underground metal scene in the in the probably late eighties, early nineties. It was like a, a, they call thrash metal. So I was into a lot of the bands back in that time. And then I always knew that I would move to San Francisco. Uh, so when the time was right, um, I just decided that was my calling. That was the place to go. So that's what, what really drew me there is just being, being there always as a kid, you know, going to mm-hmm. see music. So that's, that just kind of became my home and just kind of been there ever since. And then today, do you feel like it's got a nice, thriving music scene of its own? You know, it, say it, to rival Los Angeles's music, right? Scene? Well, no, there's LA still, the, still the big one. There's still always a lot of stuff going on there. Um, I think the, uh, the San Francisco music scene still seems kind of like a small town to me. Um, but I think there's enough 
stuff going on that, um, that one can still keep, you know, pretty busy if you keep your ear to the ground and know what bands are playing around. I think every big city's got, uh, you know, a bit of a music scene, maybe not as big as, as LA or New York or Nashville, but there's still something going on in San Francisco for sure. There's still some really good stuff happening. Yeah. Amazing. Um, so I'd love to hear about a sort of transition from interning to hearing about your first jobs and how, yeah, how it eventually became your job as it is now. Yeah, it's a, it is a very interesting story. Uh, yeah. So started off just as an assistant, um, to the house engineer at this studio called coast recorders. Um, and then, yeah, I just kept getting, uh, assistant gig after assistant gig on that. And then, um, I don't know that I actually ever did any of my own sessions in this studio, um, because it, it was only around for a couple of years, um, before it had to sadly close, uh, cause that's when the dot com thing happened and, and, um, a lot of things closed. It was kind of devastating for everybody in the, in the music scene at that time. Um, but that being said, that's kind of when I made the shift is that, um, my, the, um, the house engineer for the the studio that I was interning at or assisting at that closed. And so we stayed close friends and then we moved into a smaller, uh, building to keep doing our work. And then we eventually ended up at this, uh, at Hyde street studios. Um, and that's kind of where I, I made the leap and started getting my own clients and started, um, being, you know, my own, I guess, lead engineer there. And then I had assistants under me. So it was, it was, it was a nice transition to transition into your own recording studio. Yeah. I mean, it's a good look at the, you've got obviously your own website for Wally's hideout and yeah. stunning in there. Yeah. Can you tell us a bit more about your studio? You share that with a few other engineers, don't you understand? I'm sorry. What was the question again? Um, no, could you just tell us a bit more about the studio? And I know you share it with a few other engineers. Oh, yes. right? it, yeah, uh-huh. it, looks, it looks so amazing in there. It's like a brilliant yeah. space. Yeah, it is. A, it is a classic recording studio. It's been there since 1969 uh, and, and survived all these years. So it is a classic, mm-hmm. classic studio uh, where a lot of um, notable bands have recorded, uh, especially in my room would be, um, uh, well, you know, before I was there, they did uh, Santana Abraxas there. They did uh, Jefferson Airplane Volunteers. They did uh, a lot of Credence uh, records there. Um, a lot of 60s bands that were coming up and that were, you know, big in the time. So it's it's a, a classic room that's um, it was built really well and still sounds great today. So I'm lucky to to have that space. That's amazing. Does it have that kind of lingering vibe from those amazing 60s bands? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Like people will come in and they will feel the vibe of the room. They just come in and like, wow, this room feels great. So there's, I always say there's a lot of good ghosts in the building, you know, that are encouraging other musicians, you know, to keep creating music there. So it's. And then, yeah, for people like yourself, I would just love to ask um, someone who's done a huge amount, really. Um, I mean, you've worked with the likes of Wycliffe Sean and Bowling for Soup and all these very well known acts. Um, yeah, are there any sort of favorite career highlights you have, particularly over the last years that spring to mind at all? What I'm sorry, was that favorite artist that I've worked with? Uh, well, not necessarily favorite. Mm-hmm. I know it's very difficult for someone like yourself to <laughs> talk about favorites. Um, but yeah, are there any really happy memories from your career that really spring to mind? 
Um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I was very fortunate to, to get to work with uh, Sammy Hagar. Um, and I worked on uh, a really you know, good record for him that did very well. Um, the last one that we did called Space Between, um, that one uh, hit number one on the Billboard chart. So that was kind of unexpected. And uh, it was a nice um, boost to my career for sure. Um, but that was, um, yeah, that was a, a really fun record to work on. Something, you know, that has a bit of a budget where you're not having to uh, record really fast and get it done. You know, there wasn't necessarily a time living on it. We got to kind of spend our time on it and develop the sounds and the songs. Um, and it was really great to be a part of that recording that record. That's wonderful. Um, yeah. What have you been working on recently? I don't know how secretive you have to be about current projects, but, um, yeah, is there anything you're really excited to be have coming out soon as well? Oh, um, yeah. Uh, I am actually working with on a project now with, uh, uh, really great artist named uh, Pamela Parker. And um, we're about to release a single um, probably within the next month or so. Um, I just finished mixing it uh, the other day, but yeah, we've been producing that, that um, a group of these songs for, um, for a while now. And so I'm excited that they're going to get out there and I've had a, um, a bigger hand in the, in the production on this. So I'm pretty proud of it. Um, usually I'm just hired to kind of record it and all the other band members kind of have their ideas and, and I'll help them a little bit, but I feel like I've been like, well, actually I have been to like, you know, the other 50%, it's just been her and I that have been working on this. Um, and it's, it's pretty cool stuff. It's, it's more in the pop, uh, genre in the past. She's done kind of more of rock pop stuff and, uh, you know, I'm pretty happy with, with this, um, new single that's about to come out. Yeah, I mean, someone, um, mm-hmm. I mean yeah. someone like yourself, do you like doing a sort of combo of established acts and emerging acts? I, I do. You have like a commercial cap on to a certain extent when it comes to that sort of thing. But yeah, how do you yeah. approach that? Um, I, yeah, I'm open to, you know, whatever. I'd say if the music's good, then, you know, I'm into it. Um, and I've actually been very fortunate um, to do that. I think once you kind of set your... Um, I guess your price is at a certain level than, than, than people. Um, it kind of weeds out, um, you know, more of the, the, the beginning acts. Um, but that to be said, um, you know, I always listen to the music first and if it speaks to me, then, you know, I'll work with the band and, and work with their budget. Um, it all just depends, you know, if, if I feel there's something promising there, then, then, then I definitely want to work with them. No, amazing. And I, I'd love to ask about, um, I see, it's wonderful to see you work in TV and film as well, as long as well as just the music industry. Can you talk about that? I think you actually, do you play some music as part of that role? I did. Yeah, that was the, that was part of the band that I was in uh, when I first moved to San Francisco. It was a band called Kiss the Girl. And uh, I was a guitar player in that band. And I worked really closely with the lead singer and songwriter. Um, and then once the band kind of dissolved, we started just uh, focusing more on music that, that would be, um, that would get placements. And it kind of started out where we kind of submitted some stuff and then they liked, uh, you know, a batch of these songs and we thought, Oh, well, that's the style of songs that they like. So we started creating more of that. And so we got, well, we got a lot of placements, um, doing that. And a lot of it was just, um, my partner, Robert, uh, Salish and I, 
and we um, yeah created these great songs and productions that that got heard on lots of uh, TV shows and movie trailers. So it was uh, it was a very fortunate to um, to get to do that. It was great, great time. Um, yeah. Apologies if this is a cliche question you get all the time, but I think I think it's important. Do you um, have advice for like younger engineers who want to make it a really sustainable career themselves at all? Well, that's a good question because, you know, being in this career definitely has its ups and downs, but you have to just, you know, diversify and uh, do whatever um, you can do in the, in the um, audio industry, you know, whether it be, um, you know, TV film stuff and, and editing that or, uh, you know, maybe you're going to um, just edit vocals or tune vocals or edit drums, um, you know, just stay hungry and, and, um, keep looking for opportunities. Um, you know, find cool bands to work with, you know, I'm always constantly still looking, looking for bands and, and being amazed that there's so much talent out there and it's, there's like a, a, another great band, you know, born every day. So you just have to keep your ears out there and, and go for what you like and find the music that you like. Yeah. I mean, it seems like even just like for artists trying to make it in the music industry, Engineers also have this very long come up period where you're interning and yeah. you know, barely barely making any money or breaking even. But um, yes, yeah, it's sort of just um, sticking with that for even it feels like yeah. it's not going anywhere. I guess. And, yeah, yeah, that's that's well, you know, it's okay to have a day job and and keep doing what you do at night. And that's what I did for a long time. Um, you know, I had a day job, and then on the evenings and the weekends is when I would work with bands and then it eventually will, you know, shift and you can, you can work less at the day job and, and start working more in the studio. So I'd say that's, that would be the key to do it. It's yeah. just a slow transition. Brilliant. Thank you. Um, Jameson, I know you love using waves. Plugins. Yes. So um, yeah. How did they become part of your career? Can you remember your first start with using them at all? Oh, that's a good, I've been using waves plugins for probably 20 years now, uh, wow. if not more. Uh, I, I think it started like early in the day because they started making some of the, the first plugins. I think it was like the Renaissance bundle, um, the, the Ren EQ and the, and the Renaissance compressor. Um, those were just kind of my go-tos. Um, yeah, I think if you were to to open some of my old sessions, you'd probably find those plugins. And the cool thing about them is that I could open those sessions 20 years ago and the plugins would still work with the latest versions that I have. Um, so yeah. So they've always been a part of my, my uh, plugin arsenal. I've always been uh, a favorite. Uh, I, I can't recall any session that I've ever done that they didn't have those plugins on just thinking back on my early sessions. It's like, yeah, it was all the, the Renaissance things. That's, that's all I had at the time. Um, but it's nice that they keep adding more and more plugins. It's just like there's thousands of plugins they have now. It's it's uh, it's overwhelming, but it's it's amazing because they make so many amazing tools that that um, that I absolutely love and and still use to this day from when I started back in the day. So there wasn't a point where you were using another brand, then you switched to Waves. You've just been always using Waves. It sounds like. Yeah, I would say yeah. They're always in every session that I do. There's always something. It's in there. I don't think I could live without those. And I've been leaning on it more and more with the um, with the uh, the studio 
rack, I think is what they call it, where you can stack all the plugins and they just add it where you could add the VST plugin. So that's really opened my world. And I love that whole plugin chainer uh, uh, technology where you can just have everything in one plugin. It's, it's, it makes, it really speeds up my workflow, which is, which is awesome. So I can just focus on the mixing and not going through lists of plugins. I can just kind of build my preset chain and, and go with that. Yeah, I mean, on that, do you have a kind of set of go-to plugins in particular? I know you've mentioned Renaissance a few times. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, there are there plugins from Waves you particularly seem to reach for in most sessions? Um, yeah, uh, good question. Um, usually for the, the channel strip stuff, um, I usually gravitate towards the SSL stuff. That's always just seemed to work real well. Um, yeah, I've been using the original SSL that Waves came out with for for years and years and years. Um, and then it's nice they have the EV2. And um, so I'm using that in the CLA uh, mix hub. So I'm using that a lot. Um, I like the um, the um, H reverb. Uh, that one I use a lot. I think it's a great sounding one. The um, Abbey Road plates. Um, what else? I should have had a session up so I could, I could look through all the plugins. Um, what else? H delay. Um, there are so many that I I can't recall. Um, I'm trying to think of the whole chain. There's the the NLS thing, the um, the RTA um, EQ. Sorry, I can't remember all the names exactly, but I'm just trying to go through the chain. The Poltech, or the, I should say, the Puig Tech, yeah. uh, and the um, Puig Child. Um, those are always on the vocal chain. Which is great. The um, yeah, a lot of the the CLA plugins. I really like a lot of those. Even some of the signature ones, like the CLA bass. That's on all my bass guitars. <laughs> it's just so easy to get sounds with that thing. Um, yeah, it's I, I I can't say enough good stuff about the Wave stuff. Can't live without it. I I don't know if I'd have a career without Waves plugins. Mm. <laughs> I don't know what I'd do. I have to go back to analog. <laughs> then, I mean, you know, um, that's you know, they amazing. Make, oh, sorry, Karen. I was to say they, of course, they make stuff that doesn't even exist in the analog world. So yeah. I don't know how I could work without it. That's amazing. Sometimes when I ask that question about the go-to's, people say sort of five or six waves plugins. But it sounds like you have a huge spectrum of waves. I mean, why not? Because they offer so. Yeah, they have but, so much. Um, yeah, you use quite a lot. It sounds like, and regularly yeah. as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would say at least more than half the plugins are waves plugins on my sessions. Amazing. Um, and the ones you mentioned, are they ones you're using on current projects? Well Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I've just kind of built my, my template and then there are my Pro Tools template. There's all these Waves plugins in there that you know, I'm using all the time. Amazing. Um, um, I mean, yeah. Could you give us any, I know, sorry, I know you don't have a session open. That's absolutely fine. But do you, can you think of any sort of practical examples you're using in a current project? Um, yeah, I was actually just going to boot this up now and just, yeah, no um, but yeah, there was a lot of the ones I mentioned. There's, there's the, um, the studio rack that I'm using a lot of stacking, a lot of the, the plugins in, um, and there's one that I always put on vocals and it makes it easy because you have another vocal track. You just drag that one plugin down and you have like five plugins in one, um, which is great. Um, oh yeah. The other one that's in there is the, 
the Shep's Omni Channel. Like that, I love that that channel strip. There's so much you can do in there. I'm using the DSers on that all the time. It works so good. Um, and the um, and then it's got the saturation on it. Um, you know, a great EQ, um, good compressor on it. It's I'm a fan of the channel strip stuff for sure because it just it's just one plug and you can get so much out of it. Amazing. Are there any plugins from Waves you feel like a bit more underrated that you don't see, that you love using, um, you don't see many other producers using perhaps? So. Yeah, there actually are. Um, and one of them is the MV2, which I always use on my my final vocal limiter thing, and it just pushes that vocal forward with the... It's right. got like uh, upward compressor and downward compressor. And so it's, it's pushing it up from the bottom. So you get all the articulation in the vocal and then it's got the, the one that's pushing it down like a normal limiter. Um, that one is just awesome on vocals. Um, so I think that's an underrated one. Um, what else? Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Um, maybe that, um, that RTA um, mm-hmm. EQ is a good one as well because um, it shows you the frequencies that are, you know, could be a problem. And then it's also a dynamic EQ. So I'm always using that on vocals as well. Um, what else? No, that's uh, great. I haven't had those come up yet. So <laughs> definitely underrated for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm always finding new plugins to use. I know that the, the Shep's Omni channel is probably a favorite of a lot of people's cause it's, it's, um, it's very uh, flexible with all the stuff it does. But yeah, I'd say the, that MV2, uh, I pull out all the time. Um, what other ones? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. Underrated waves plugins. Yeah. There's so many of those. Exactly, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm still waiting for the, the thing to boot, but I don't know how much time we have, but, no, um, I mean that's yeah, that's so much to um, get our heads around. So yeah, that's brilliant. Thank you. Um, yeah, James, thanks for your time. And how's um, how's the rest of the year looking? How's your kind of post? It it is career um, looking at the yeah, moment? Yeah, it's it's looking good. I think I'm just about booked out to the end of the year. I've got some cool new bands uh, coming into the studio that I'm pretty excited about working working with. One's a indie rock band, and other one's uh, more of a classic rock band. That's um, they're actually big Sammy Hagar fans too, which is kind of why they sought me out. They kind of, they liked the sound of that space between record I did. And so they sought me out and, and they wanted that sound. Uh, so I'm, I'm happy to, to give it to them. And they're, um, and actually Sammy knows of them too. And he's, the band actually plays in his bar in, in Cabo. Uh, so he's, uh, he's big fans of them and, and pushing for him. So that's good that, that you've got a, you know, rock star behind him. To, to push them forward amazing um, while you're talking about waves plugins i did think to ask do you um do you like sort of mixing the digital side with um you know hardware and analog stuff at all um, some I people do, are religiously it, one some people are 100 percent yeah digital. and yeah and i did yeah. i did um i i started all digital and then i went all analog for a while in my studio because we had a uh we had an analog console and outboard gear uh, and that was a good time to do that because I don't think the um, um, the plugins were as strong back then, or even the digital summing. Uh, so I got a real taste of what analog mixing was like um, 
in the early 2000s. And then his computers got more powerful and we could do more plugins. Then I started going down to a semi mixer. And then after that, I started to AB the digital mixes versus the, the semi mixer. And there wasn't n- enough of a difference for me to justify that. So I decided just to go all digital. And I don't regret it at all because it makes me portable and I can work on stuff in my home studio and I can go to my studio in San Francisco and finish it there. Or I can go to, you know, Sammy's studio and finish it there. It makes me portable so I can move these, these sessions around Mm -hmm. and just take my, my iLock or my, my USB key that has, um, you know, my waves authorizations on it. And there, those plugins are installed in all those, those locations. And I just walk in with my, my thing and I can just start working with all my, my favorites. Yeah, I definitely uh, fully embrace the the digital world for sure. Yeah. Oh, thanks again. And you sort of working solo today with a band later on? Um, I'm actually working with the uh, with the artist Pamela Parker today, finishing up oh, cool. some more, more singles for her. Um, yeah, it's really good stuff. Probably working on this this the next single uh, today. Yeah. All right, Jameson. Thanks. It's been wonderful to talk to you. And yeah, thanks so much for yeah, your time. Absolutely, Adam. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.